Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. Today, due to Hamilton City Council's inaction at First Ontario Centre, the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs is considering relocation. As well, we hosted the Mayor's Town Hall with Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A uh, continuation of a story that we've been talking about for quite some time. And that, of course, is what's going to happen with Hamilton's entertainment facilities. Uh, that being, of course, First Ontario Centre, the arena, uh, First Ontario Concert Hall, or formerly Hamilton Place, and, of course, the Convention Centre. And as you know, there is yet another report that's coming out. Uh, that I know, I know, we could probably fill a truck with these things that's uh, going to suggest what the courses of action may well be for this. Well, the problem we got here is that uh, the arena itself has one major tenant, that being the Hamilton Bulldogs. And uh, Michael Andlar has been more than patient over the last little while as they've gone from report to report and this possibility and that possibility. Uh, he needs a new building, and he's been saying that since he took over the, this hockey team many, many years ago. And the city's kind of been putting you know duct tape around problems around here trying to fix the arena up. But, I mean, it's, it's long past its best before date. Now there are rumblings that uh, Mr. Andlar is uh, finally just about had enough and may start looking for another area to place his arena and his hockey team. Now, I'm not sure how city council is going to respond to that. i got a pretty good idea. But uh, if you lose your major tenant, you have to ask yourself, well, why do we even need an arena then? Just for the odd concert? Is that going to be a money-making possibility? Let's uh, bring Scott Radley, host of the Scott Radley Show, into the uh, conversation. He's also, of course, sports columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. Scott, welcome to the show. Good to have you back today. Thanks, Bill. Uh, this doesn't surprise you, does it? Uh, it, it? The only thing that surprises me about this is that Michael Andlauer has consistently avoided until now throwing out the idea of moving the team. That's been something that he has intentionally, he's told me before, intentionally not brought up because he, I get the sense that he doesn't want to be seen as truly one of those owners, you know, an Al Davis or whatever, who, you know, is just a constant threat that build me something or I'm out of here. How many and, times, and so, remember how many times the Edmonton Oilers did that? Edmonton you know, if, if, if we don't get a new arena in Edmonton, we're moving to Hamilton. Bill, there's been, I would argue that if you were to go down the list over the past, let's say, 30 years, you could probably find 50 teams in all the different leagues, at least, that have used that as leverage to try and get a new building. And so that's the part that surprises me. Until now, he has studiously avoided throwing out that threat. But here's the thing about this whole story that I, I think is probably helpful, because I know that there's pe there are people listening right now, and you would probably agree, you may not, they're probably listening right now saying, it's the Hamilton Bulldogs. It's a junior hockey team. Who cares? Why do we need a new arena for this? And so I, I think the better discussion, quite honestly, while we'll get back to this because, I mean, certainly Michael Anlauer is a key part of this, is just about a new arena in this city, period, whether it's for the Bulldogs or whether it's for anything else. And the last report that I saw that came in front of city council said that in the next two or three or four years, this arena to remain running at any kind of relevant level is going to need something in the neighborhood of $30 million in mm -hmm. upgrades. Well, he, as a taxpayer, forget as a sports fan, forget as a concert fan, forget as anything else. As a taxpayer, if my city council dumps $30 million into an arena and then decides, you know what, we're going to build a new arena or we're going to sell that area to a developer and let them do whatever they want, that is $30 million flushed down the toilet. So as a taxpayer, 
this thing has to be decided sooner rather than later. And if they say, we are going to simply shut down the arena, let Ann Lauer take his team and whoever else and move elsewhere, that's their choice. But I do not want to see $30 million of my taxes thrown into something that is then just flushed down the toilet. That's, that's to me, where the story is here. You well, either have to, and if it's $30 bucks that they're going to spend to fix this place, and, and you've got an owner who says, hey, I've already publicly said, I will match city money dollar for dollar, and an arena is going to cost 60 or $70 million. Now, this is a small arena, of course, but somewhere else in the city. Wouldn't it be wiser use of our city money to take that money, build a brand new arena that's more properly sized for almost everything we have in town, get it brand new and state of the art, rather than just flushing it down the toilet. The whole thing, it, it doesn't make any sense unless the city just plans to say, we're going to figure out something in the next year so we can get something done in the next two years, let's say, and sell it to a developer or whatever else and move from there. But I don't see that yet. Well, that's only one of the plans that's come forward in the last little while. And you've got some members on city council that are saying, well, we want to get out of the arena business altogether. Well, if that's Agreed. going to be, if that's the council decision, then Michael may as well start looking for a greener pastures because, I mean, there's going to have to be some city commitment. There just is, a, just about every place else, there, this is not the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the Hamilton Bulldogs. And for this owner to actually pony up and say, I'll, I'll match up to $30 million on this, uh, is is unthinkable. I mean, most owners, as you say, are putting a gun to the head of the city council. This guy's saying, let's partner. And he's uh, he's more than patient about this, Scott. And I don't blame him for being frustrated now. But uh, again, that, that's fine. And, and I saw the comments from Councillor Marula, who said, we're trying to get out of this business, not into it. That's fine. But you have an arena, you have a building right now that already has significant deficiencies that are requiring millions of dollars in upgrades. So my point is this. That may be fine. You can choose, if you're the city council, that we're getting out of this business. But you then have to make a decision in much quicker fashion than anything else seems to get decided in the city. This is not something, then, that can get dragged on for two, three, four, five years. Because in the meantime, you are having to pour millions into this building. So either make it, you're going to have to make a decision quickly in the next year, maybe, at the most, maybe a year and a half, I don't know, you're going to have to make a decision relatively quickly or you're going to have to do something about it. And I just, maybe, Bill, maybe my cynicism, skepticism, whatever, I, I just don't see, based on past record, I don't see council making a fast decision on this one. And so you end up with this limbo that's going to cost us potentially millions of dollars. Well, and we've had this discussion with city officials for how many years now, Scott? You've done it on your program. We've certainly done it here. Uh, and I, I was bemoaning the fact that they're doing yet another study. And, oh, no, no, we really need this information. We're not going to find out anything we don't already know. I mean, this is, as Michael described it, and it's a phrase we start to use an awful lot around here, paralysis by analysis. They study something to death, and, and they keep kicking it down the road. And and that's that's the cause of frustration. I mean, this could have been, should have actually been decided a long time ago. So if the city were serious about what they're talking about, and, and listen, the, the, the idea of potentially selling this land to a developer and as part of the condition of sale requiring the developer build a new arena or concert hall or both or convention center or something. So you have all the, we keep hearing about the vertical rights. You can build condos or whatever and make all your money, but you have to build this for us as part of the sale. Councillor Marula came up with that idea on my show one night, and it's a good idea, I think. I think it's a good idea. What, but again, we're now into the paralysis stage. So for the city, 
there is a possibility here for sure. But rather than, as far as we know, maybe this has happened, we just don't know about it, rather than opening it up and saying, listen, if you're a developer, what are you willing to give us for this land? Let's, let's hear from you. Throw it out there as a public thing. No guarantee that we're going to sell it, but let's get a sense of what, what offers we could get. Maybe those offers have come in already quietly, but I don't know that that's happened yet, and that seems to me to be something you could have done immediately to get a sense. And if a developer says, well, we'll give you, you know, $10 million for it, but we refuse to build that building there, well, then you say, all right, that's an idea that's not going to work. But if you put it out there and someone says, yeah, we'll give you $200 million for that area, plus we'll build you all the stuff you want, well, then you you can say, well, let's have that report then and let's get this thing moving. Right now it seems to be in, in, a, in a stage of something that I don't know what it is. Are we even sure where we want this thing to go if there is going to be another arena? Oh, well, there... <laughs> there's your there's your next stadium fight right yeah we're going to have a group of people who are going to say it has to be downtown it must be on the lrt line if if that ever comes it has to be in the core and there are others who are going to be saying oh wait a second if the guy is going to be if ann lauer is going to be willing to put in half the money surely he has some say and if he thinks it's better because he's talked about on the mountain he's also talked about downtown Mm um you you will end up with you're right that'll be the next stage of the fight, which will drag it out for another two or three years, because you'll have, presumably, if, again, if history follows, you will have the downtown councillors arguing that any public money for an arena must be in the downtown, and you will have rural councillors saying, well, wait a second, no, it can be on the Red Hill, or not a Red Hill, it could be on the Link, it can be at Lime Ridge, it can be somewhere else, why do we need it in the downtown? And we've seen how that goes, it drags on forever, and then eventually, gets decided in a way that probably satisfies almost nobody. Well, and, and there lies the problem. It's going to be location. It's going to be this, uh, you know. It, and by the way, Michael Adler has not ruled out downtown. He just, he's nope. obviously looked at other options here because this thing is stalled at this present time. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, if the city doesn't partner in this, and this is not a threat from him, I just a sense that I get. Uh, if the city's saying, no, thanks, we're not going to get involved in this thing, I, I, don't, I don't blame him if he starts looking. And you know... Although Michael won't admit to this, but I mean, I you know, we both have our sources. You know that there are other communities that are knocking on the door and saying, Michael, if you when you decide to give up on these guys, uh, give us a call. Uh, they'd be more than willing to take these guys on. Well, remember, uh, it was not, well, how long ago was it? Oh, boy, I say it was not that long ago. Uh, time flies. It's probably a decade now. Whenever it was that we were talking about the stadium that was being built and the idea of uh, the... Um, Arizona Coyotes, the Phoenix Coyotes coming to Hamilton with Jim Balsillie. There were the Paletta lands in Aldershot, right by the GO station. And that was a publicly stated uh, area of interest that uh, Mr. Paletta was, was interested in. Now, he was talking about an NHL franchise, but you've got open land there with a, with a, a, a man who's a, a businessman who loves sports. He was in the front row of the uh, Hamilton Honey Badgers first game yesterday. Um, Listen, I see I see Ange Paletta at all the Ticad games. We we sit very close yep. to each other, and and I I, I always kid. Him. I said, so uh, you know, are you building that new arena? Because that land is still empty there. Yep. Uh, yep. And he just kind of smiles coyly and just says, "Well, you never know." Kind of you know. It's, so I know there's something going on there. Now I don't know if there's anything signed, sealed, and delivered. Nope. Uh, but on the other hand, it's not as if Michael Landlar doesn't have options, and that is certainly one of them. And I Burlington would welcome these guys. And think about, you know, and again, uh, I go back to what I said at the beginning. There's a fair number of people listening right now who I'm pretty sure are going to be saying, but it's junior hockey, who cares? It's the OHL. It doesn't matter to me. It's irrelevant to me. Here's why 
I think that kind of thing could matter. If they were to build, let's say, a 7,000-seat arena, probably I would guess 80% of the events that happen at First Ontario Centre right now fall into roughly that size or smaller. Most of the con- There are not many concerts that are the full stadium experience to come to town. We had Garth Brooks a few times. We had Paul McCartney recently. There's a few others. But most of the concerts and the events that come to this area right now could probably be handled with about a 7,000-seat state-of-the-art arena. All of a sudden, you now have First Ontario Centre, which will be competing for those same concerts, those same events. And many of them will say, you know what, that new arena that's right on the GO station, if it was there, or that's more suited to our size, we'll, we'll go there. And now you've got this big arena in downtown Hamilton that is sitting empty more than it has been already, and it doesn't have an anchor tenant. There's a ripple effect to some of the things that could happen. It's not, the story right now is about the Bulldogs. It's not just about the Hamilton Bulldogs. There's a lot more things that can happen because of this. Well, and there are options, and and I know people are going to say, yeah, but you know, the Garth Brooks show, the McCartney show, and those come around once every three or four years, if that. Uh, and and, and by the way, the big names are still playing those small. I mean, Elton John played St. Catharines Arena a couple of months ago. I mean, uh, they understand that that's that's the, the way of the future right now, and that they're they're comfortable with that. Those big names play those halls as well. Uh, so it's it's not as if we're going to be missing out on an awful lot. Uh, I, I got I got thirty seconds left here. Yeah. Are, are these guys going to do something about this, or is this going to end up like so many other things where they just throw up their hands in desperation and say, yeah, "That's it, we give up." What do you think? Uh, I, I can see council still the waving the flag and saying we're looking for private sector investors, but you know, uh, I got to tell you something. If if I'm uh, on uh, the money, if I'm a guy who can sign a check and say, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to be one of these," I I don't know if I'm so reticent to get involved with Hamilton City Council right now because uh, I figured, geez, you know, these guys they dither, they don't know what they seem to want that from one minute to the next. Uh, they they're not this kind of stable partner that, that somebody who's going to invest a lot of money, I don't think would want to do. I, Michael Antler is still on side, but, you know, <laughs> watch it. I mean, if these guys are looking for greener pastures and think, oh, we don't need Michael, uh, watch what you wish for. It's just that that decision has to be made. If they choose not to do anything, fine, fine, but make a decision. It, it's all about making a decision because we're reaching a point where this arena is going to need so much money the delays are simply costing money that could be wasted. Make a decision, make it promptly, and then I think Michael Landlauer and the city of Hamilton and the citizens and everyone else will deal with it and move along. Just it can't be another stadium situation where this thing drags on forever. No, and we almost lost that one too. I know you guys will be talking about it on your show tonight. Six o'clock, the Scott Radley Show here on CHML. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Bill. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Time for the Mayor's Town Hall. Burnington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward is uh, with us here in studio and uh, for the entire hour, by the way. Uh, good to see you again. Great to be here. How was your weekend? It was awesome. I, I ate chocolate chip bundt cake, <laughs> <laughs> which was actually really, really good. They but could... according to your Facebook page, you also went on a hike, so uh, you worked it right off, right? I, well, I had the cake after the oh. hike, sadly. <laughs> but, well, yeah, it's an annual Mother's Day tradition is to go on a, a quite a long hike to enjoy our conservation areas, so... It was great. Not a bad day for it yesterday, aside from a little bit of rain. Uh, in the first hour, we were talking about uh, Michael Landler and the Hamilton Bulldogs and, and the circumstance surrounding arenas and possible new arenas, etc. cetera. Uh, the city of Burlington's name keeps coming up in this conversation. Mm. And uh, I've talked to Michael about it. He's uh, just saying that he's open to options. His preference is still to Hamilton. 
we have talked about it a little bit, and, and I know that you know, your, your attitude here is you, you don't want to poach anything from anybody at this yep. stage. Uh, but if the phone were to ring, uh, are you interested in talking to them? I- if that was going to be a possibility, well, we'll we'll definitely talk to them. I I think, uh, you know, my hope is that they'll work it out with Hamilton. Uh, I do know that a lot of Burlington residents come to the games, all of the games, whether yeah. it's football yeah. or hockey or, you know, whatever the sport is. Uh, we you know we're we're really a seamless community, Hamilton and Burlington, when it comes to that in terms of the fans. But I really do hope they can work it out. They've been in Hamilton for a long time. Uh, if they if they need a home, though, we're absolutely willing to have those conversations. Because you've got similar situations to what we've talked about in Hamilton, other parcels of land that uh, you may be looking for uh, reuse to. And I don't want to get specific because that would not be fair to the people that are owning that land right now. Uh, but there are some possibilities if that were to be explored. Well, there's, you know, we have, uh, we're developing a very aggressive uh, policy around attracting business and, uh, and that could include recreational uses such as, uh, such as a sports team. And we're really trying to invest in what's happening around our GO stations, as well as our aging retail plazas. So that's the opportunity for any business uh, in Burlington. And then the downtown, of course, is another option. But we are, we are very much open for business in Burlington and wanting to to attract, um, you know, as we build our strategy for the GO stations and the and the retail plazas, which includes our malls, uh, you know, we we want to send that message that we're we're ready and we'll talk to you and, uh, you know, what, see what the future holds. And again, I just want to emphasize to our listeners, we're talking in the hypothetical here. Absolutely. I mean, there's no, like I said at the very beginning, I think uh, all of our preference is for them to work it out with Hamilton. They've been here for a very long time, have had a long uh, relationship, and and they probably will be able to. But if there is, uh, you know, if it means losing them entirely from the region, then, you know, we're going to do our best to keep them here. Well, you I mean even the Tiger Cat situation uh, drifted over to Burlington uh, at one point? Oh, yes, not, it not, did. For, not for very long, <laughs> but I would talk to some of the principals involved in that, and I know it ruffled a lot of feathers. But I mean, you know, for, in, from Michael Andler's standpoint, and in defense of Michael, not that he needs anybody to defend him, uh, as a businessman who's invested an awful lot of money, whether you're talking Bob Young or Michael Andler, uh, you've got to look at your options. That, that's really that's only good business. Well, absolutely. And and they're a business like any other and and so, you know, the the Ticat Stadium, that was that was the first uh, I think we were a month on a job. You know, I was yeah. a brand new counselor and most of us were and at the time, uh it came with a pretty stiff price tag. It was, you mm-hmm. know, a thirty build us a build us a thirty or forty million dollar stadium and we'll come. And that for, for many of us was simply a non starter for a conversation. Um you know, so and, and we weren't ready. I mean, they were looking at the Aldershot Go. There's still a lot of work to be done in that area to open it up for development. And I would say that about uh, about that as well as the Appleby Go station area. We still have our work cut out for us in terms of making that shovel ready. We're not quite there yet. There are some other areas in the city that would be more uh, more available for the kind of investment that a that a sports team would take. Um, but but you know, we're open for business to keep. Keep it here in the region. We don't want to lose to, you know, another province or another community. One other question. I don't want to spend the whole segment talking about this, but I mean, since it is front and center with an awful lot of people right now, there are those on Hamilton Council that are saying, look, at the reason we're going through this exercise is we want to get out of the arena business. We don't think we should be owning arenas. Uh, how does Burlington Council feel about that? Are you, would you be adverse to getting into the arena business? I mean, well, you, you have you have publicly owned arenas now, right. but, but not of that scale. 
Yeah, this, you know what, I have had Burlington residents come and talk to me uh, through the campaign, really throughout my eight years on council as well, about having um, a large stadium, whether that's an ice rink or something that is that is sort of mid-sized that we could attract tournaments. We have world-class athletes in Burlington. And and so the, they train in Burlington, they go on to amazing things, uh, the Olympics, or they win national championships. And and so there's a desire to bring some of those uh, world-class tournaments, but we don't have a facility in Burlington that can host them. And so there's been a request um, over the years to build a community facility that would allow for that kind of uh, attraction of tournaments. But then it also becomes a training for yeah. your for your athletes, whether you're elite or whether you're just you know just starting out to be able to play in a facility like that is is phenomenal. You you know, we we lost the um, our baseball team because we we had aging facilities and we couldn't get ahead of that before before they went down to St. Catharines. So we don't you know we've had the experience of losing mm-hmm. a sports team too. We don't we don't want that to happen. We want those those sports and activities to stay in our community and and for that to happen. And this is what Hamilton's discovering. You need to have appropriate uh, facilities that are upgraded and 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 stay current with the needs of those teams. So, uh, you know, so I think there is definitely a general um, support on council for ensuring that we have enough community facilities and that the right scale and scope to attract the kind of activity that we want to see there. Are you open to the possibility of private public partnerships to, to get something like that done? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we've already gone down that path. So perfect example would be when uh, Hayden High School was built. It was a partnership between the school board, the city, and a private donor. It and so the um, the facility is Haber Recreation Center, and that mm-hmm. was because of a of a substantial donation from the Haber family. So so we've already gone down that path, and we're open to sponsorships uh, that are structured appropriately. Let's ask about partnerships. And again, uh, as I'm going through social media over the last uh, few hours and over the weekend. Uh, there's a picture of you and Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger having lunch together. <laughs> yes. uh, but it reminded me of, of, of the partnership and about the, the, the back and forth that goes on between these two cities. I mean, we are obviously, you know, we're neighbors, but at the same time, there's, there's so much uh, that, that interweaves between the two cities. And, and I know that you and Mayor Fred are, have been friends for quite some time right mm-hmm. now. Does that dialogue happen all the time? Well, absolutely. I mean, we've, you know, we'll call each other or text each other on occasion. We obviously, uh, you know, get together officially on on official business and then and then go for beers afterwards. (laughs) So I have a lot of respect for uh, Mayor Eisenberger. And, you know, our in many respects, I was thinking this as I was driving here today to do the show, you know, I spend as I spend more time in Hamilton than I do in some of the Halton municipalities, (laughs) because, you know, you have me here and we have this relationship with Fred. We have the Bay Area climate change work that we're doing. Uh, we have a greater uh, Bay Area subcommittee that is Fred, myself, two councillors from uh, Burlington and Hamilton, where we talk about shared issues. That was our meeting. That's why we were in town on Friday, is to get that group going again. We meet quarterly. Um, and and I see him at other events, uh, you know, as well. And, and so, 
you know, we have a we have a very good understanding of the the issues of shared concern. Many of them are at the provincial level right now, but we're also working very hard on those things that we can work together. We have transit coming into Burlington from Hamilton and vice versa. That's been a long-standing and successful relationship. We've done work on cleaning up Randall Reef together. We've done work on um, on climate change through the the Mohawk Center and elsewhere. So, uh, I'm hoping to strengthen and continue that partnership because. You know, our people don't stop at municipal boundaries, and so our friendships and relationships should not either. Well, and the, the shared responsibility. I mean, the Waterfront Trail comes to mind as well. I know Absolutely. that about, you know when Hamilton finally started to build theirs years ago now, and Halton, Burlington, and Halton region for that matter have an incredible Waterfront Trail down through there. Uh, to have that as a seamless trail that goes from one end all the way up there would be just be incredible. I know that's one of the long-term goals. It's going to take some money and, and a lot of mm-hmm. planning to do, but it is doable. Well, and we just actually, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, celebrated the first leg of that. It's called the Hamburl Loop. <laughs> I always want to say hamburger loop, but maybe you go for burgers after. But um, There's an, a, it, a commercial it, opportunity for somebody there. There you go. So, yeah, so at the Bay Area Climate Change Summit, which uh, is a joint Effort, the, an annual summit that um, that Hamilton and Burlington participate in. We were we did the official kickoff of that of that uh, loop, which is a cycling loop through mm-hmm. both of our uh, communities and along significant parts of the waterfront and through our conservation areas. So, uh, so as I said, we have a lot of connections and a lot of existing, long-standing relationships with Hamilton, just because of I guess because of our proximity and uh, and the fact that our communities do do go back and forth for work. Or recreation. Do you find that we're starting to see a lot more of that instead of uh, you know us versus them from community to community, which was the way it was really not that many years ago, to a more cooperative basis? And you talk about economic summits, of course. We started off with the Hamilton Burlington Economic Summit, mm-hmm. and now that's grown to KW and even to Metro, to Toronto mm-hmm. now, to the GTA. Uh, that there's unity in in numbers right now, and and, and maybe a, a collective voice like that is a stronger voice. I've always believed that when we work together and speak with one voice in many numbers, we're we're much stronger. And we're really seeing that now with the changes happening at the provincial level where the mayors uh, and the communities and councils are having to get together to say, what does this mean for us? And on those issues where we can agree, and it's most of them, you know, there hasn't been one where we've had different perspectives. We're aligned in terms of of what needs to happen for municipalities. And, and so that's been great to say, in addition to all the other initiatives that we've been doing, we now um, have a burning platform to speak with one voice to the province about some of the things that are negatively affecting all of our municipalities. And and in a sense, the, the GTA now is one big region and we need to co- cooperate at that level. And we are, through the Large Urban Mayors Caucus um, of Ontario, which is the mayors of two-tier uh, municipalities over a hundred thousand. There's a separate one uh, for single tier mayors over that population, but increasingly Lumco and Marco are working together, and we have to continue to do. I think they should be merged. Uh, but but then there's also you know GTA mayors yeah. getting together occasionally. So. Um, so there's there's a huge appetite for us to come together as communities through the mayors of those communities to um, to work together on on shared initiatives and shared concerns. Don't you think it's a stronger voice though from an economic standpoint? Because I know that from a uh, when you look at a map, uh, obviously there's this community, this community all through the Greater Golden Horseshoe area. But the business world looks at this as just one big area. Absolutely. 
Uh, and then instead of competing Hamilton against Burlington or, or Guelph or whatever, uh, there seems to be a, a, an attitude right now that, look at if, if Amazon is maybe the best example. I mean, it never yeah. worked out for any of us. It probably was never going to. But <laughs> the fact is that they just said, even if it locates there, we all benefit from that. And that seems to be the attitude now. I, I think that's the the great example. That's the one I would, would have thought of. And, and even though we didn't win the bid, it actually put the GTA on the map internationally. And and that was huge benefit. We got a briefing from the the um, Toronto Global that put together the bid shortly after uh, uh, the election, and that was their biggest comment: is you know we were probably a long shot from the beginning, and we weren't we weren't going to give away the type of incentives that other communities, mostly in the United States, could give away. Partly because our legislation prevents us from mm-hmm. doing yeah. some of that, uh, but but by being part of the bid book and putting together such a strong bid, it really put the region on uh, on the international map. And you know, um, after I was elected, I've started to tour some of the companies that we have in Burlington, working with the chamber, and we have international, global co- companies here in Burlington, uh, and I'm sure that's true in the region uh, as well. That that are doing incredible things just quietly off on some you know service road somewhere that you would never know about unless you take an interest in learning about what's in your community. So we we are a huge engine of economic development here uh, in our region, and and so the issues that vex us, uh, transportation and gridlock being the biggest, the need for seamless tra- uh, transit and transportation, and then the affordable housing piece. Those are the two biggest issues. That are that are a challenge for any company, and it's not unique to Burlington. And Burlington's not going to solve it alone, and we know that. From an economic standpoint, but also from an innovation standpoint too. I mean, you've attracted a lot of money from the federal government now with this cluster that's developed. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's uh, you know the the uh, IT. We want to be part of uh, not the not the uh, the one way from Kitchener Waterloo to Toronto. We want a triangle to dip down <laughs> into you know Hamilton, Burlington region, Halton region because we have uh, we have a lot of high tech uh, companies here. It's one of our strongest growing sectors. So, you know, I, again, I think. When you have people commuting thirty and forty kilometers, you know my I have a family member working in Guelph. you know it, it there are people working in in St. Catharines who live in Burlington and vice versa mm-hmm. working in Toronto. So this whole region is really an economic engine and and where you live um, is not is not related to where you work in a sense because people are willing to travel the distance to live in the community that they want to live in. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. It's uh, the Mayor's Town Hall, Burlington Mayor. Uh, Mary Ann Mead Ward is with us here in studio. Let's go right to your calls. Uh, Steve, thank you for holding on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Bill. Go ahead for the mayor. Hi. Good morning, Marianne. Um, Good morning. I'm a uh, Stony Creek uh, resident, and I frequently take the uh, number 11 bus into Burlington to visit your city. And uh, we very much enjoy your downtown and uh, different places in Burlington. We find the John Street Terminal very convenient for us and for getting to other destinations in Burlington. I was wondering, are you really considering getting rid of that John Street Terminal? There are no plans to get rid of the terminal. In fact, uh, in my last uh, term of council, there was discussion about from staff. In fact, there was a proposal that came forward uh, sort of middle of last term to take the terminal out to save some money, close it down, reallocate staffing, and myself and uh, and other members of the community fought that, that to keep the terminal. So there's, there's no question that we will keep bus service uh, through the downtown. 
I think what you're what you're asking about possibly is are we um, you know going to look at taking the mobility hub classification which is a development planning classification off the downtown that comes with a whole bunch of other criteria that for sure uh, certainly I said in my last term of council and through the campaign that I don't think it qualifies as a mobility hub if you look at the um, at the criteria but but uh, we we are very committed to maintaining the bus service, the interconnection with Hamilton and the terminal in that location, and it doesn't need to be a mobility hub to do all that stuff. Okay, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thanks for the call, 905-645-3221, star 9900. Email bkelly at 900chml.com, like this one from Anonymous that says, uh, Mayor Ward should actually be Premier of Ontario. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's an endorsement oh, for you. Thank you for that. <laughs> one never knows. Uh, because yeah. Yeah, usually the, a lot of stuff to politicians is quite a different tone. Yeah. So that's good to know. Listen, as, as we were driving around your, your fair city a, a couple of days ago, uh, I, I noticed uh, an increasing number of no amalgamation signs mm-hmm. popping up on people's lawns in different neighborhoods right now. Now, you and I have talked about this. Of course, the, you know, the Ford announcement from some time ago now that, that they were going to reconsider how municipalities are governed, etc. And there's always that specter. And Burlington's not the only city that seems to fall under this black cloud right now. How real is that possibility? Well, we have to take very seriously what the minister said, uh, Minister Clark said, and this was applying to all of the municipalities under review, that everything is on the table. That's what he said. Everything is on the table. And so so then, uh, of course, the community is said, well, if everything's on the table, we're going to do our absolute best to make sure that that amalgamation into a city of Halton comes off the table. <laughs> that that shouldn't be on the table. And we're going to we're going to send that message very clearly. So uh, there's a lawn sign campaign in both Hamilton and Burlington. There's a letter writing campaign. Uh, the residents have now persuaded uh, our local MPP to host a petition in her office. Uh, we have two MPPs, actually. One was um, had had agreed, I think, right away to do it. And so our Oakville North Burlington has a petition that, that residents can sign, and our Burlington proper has a, has a petition as well. So the message is being sent very clearly, and all of the four mayors of Halton municipalities are speaking with one voice on this, that the region is not broken, does not need fixing. We look for efficiencies all the time. We have 90-plus percent customer satisfaction with our services. We had many years of zero tax increases. We have AAA credit rating, which is better than the province. And so uh, we've said, you know, if you want to learn about efficient uh, government while you're effectively delivering community services, come have a chat with us. Uh, (laughs) Be happy to share you, share with you. No problem blowing your own home. (laughs) That's okay. Exactly. So, and then this Friday, actually, the the advisors are coming to uh, regional uh, headquarters where they're having a full day of hearing from the public. And I know that the groups that have organized the Lonsam campaign in both Hamilton and Burlington will be speaking there. Uh, I tried to get a slot to speak again, but they said I, I had my chance back in February, as did the other mayors, to speak directly to them. So, you know, it doesn't make any sense when you look at the evidence to uh, to amalgamate a city of Halton. But the the reality, if that's not persuasive, uh, perhaps the reality that this would be political suicide for this government would be extra persuasive. Well, as we talked about in the past when this announcement was first made, I mean, there is no business case, nor there is anything you can point to to say, see, amalgamation works. 
Uh, right. it's, it's, it's been a dog's breakfast just about every place, with the exception yep. of Toronto, and that's only because Toronto is heavily subsidized. Exactly. And, it, you know, the, the studies have shown in, in the Toronto case, actually, the, co- the costs went right up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's lots of ways to deliver efficient services. And um, I would invite the province to look at their own uh, delivery of services. And, and, and instead, what they're doing is uh, getting involved in municipal uh, municipal services, but also downloading costs that were originally borne by the province to the municipality. So they've just shifted. They haven't saved anything. They've taken it off their books. But these are these are essential services, whether it's it's uh, the transit increase in the gas tax revenue that we won't see, which is $19 million off our books in Burlington over the next 10 years. The public health cuts, the cuts to the conservation authorities for flood, uh, flood and hazard mapping and mitigation. I mean, these are not where you cut. So this is not finding efficiencies. This isn't reducing overhead. This is simply taking critically important programs and shifting the cost to the property tax base. But with that in mind, and they've done some of that stuff already, and they, they didn't mm-hmm. really announce it in the budget declaration that, uh, that Finance Minister Fidelli talked about, but with, we're starting to get all these announcements but in dribs and drabs right now uh, about some of these cuts, which I guess is what's concerning an awful lot of people about now. What, well, what are they going to do next? I mean, they saw what he did to Toronto City Council. So I guess, uh, well, the jury's still out, and we'll see what happens. Back to your phone calls, 905-645-3221, star 9900. Uh, Ted, you're next on the Bill Kelly Show. How you doing, Ted? Oh, pretty good. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, congratulations, uh, Mayor, uh, on your on your win. Thank you. Um, I, I live right behind the uh, Appleby Go Station, and uh, you know, and I understand the concern, uh, you know, the city center about mobility hubs. But I can assure you that the congestion of traffic, you know, at any of these locations mm-hmm. today, I, I'm a mechanical engineer, not a traffic engineer. <laughs> but but seriously, to 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 you know build up or allow um, large amounts of multiple dwellings, you know, like pimples at these mm-hmm. locations, as opposed to at least allowing, uh, let's say, property owners to, or rezoning so that, hey, maybe a, a, a few properties, there could be a, you know, multi-level, you know, spreading that development across the existing um, city, you know, because, hey, let's, not kid ourselves, single-family houses the way I knew them, I've just retired, it's going the way of the dodo bird. Why do we, why, I've gone to a couple of meetings with Paul, why would we just want to be a bedroom community to Toronto, okay? I've worked in many industries, and we should be doing, we should be using those goal lines to attract businesses to Burlington, you know? Completely. Completely agree that that these are prime areas, uh, and I don't know if you heard the show earlier. Uh, that's exactly no. what we were talking about. That that those, no, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, those three go stations are key areas for economic development. And no, I'm a big believer in mixed use because if you have um, if you bring uses together, so jobs together with shopping together with residential, yeah. then fewer people have to get in their car to do things. And in a I sense, mean, that's what. So I live downtown Burlington. You probably know that's that's essentially what downtown is: is that mixed-use traditional town model where uh, people don't have to drive for everything. So so we need to do more of that. But we also need to fix uh, transit in our community, and and we're making strides, but we're not where we need to be to give people the choice to take transit. If it if it takes too long or costs too much, or it doesn't, they won't go, do it. Absolutely. My, my, 
my, my neighbor's an engineer. He works at job sites in Toronto. He can't even afford the GO train to get into the job sites and the timing. Yeah. I mean, these... This type of infrastructure has become another revenue tool. I'm, seriously. Well, <laughs> it, it is, it's a huge problem. And, you know, I, I tried to take the bus from downtown Burlington to Halton Region, where I serve as a regional yeah. uh, council member. And it cost me $13 one way and took me an hour, hour and a half. And in my car, it takes me 10, maybe 15 minutes. So no sane person is going to do that. And, and so we need a seamless transit system. I'm in favor of some regionalization of transit, you know, we already have, and we talked about this earlier on the show, we already have good relationships with Hamilton with bus linkages coming in, and and there may be opportunities to expand that. But as long as people are living in one community and working somewhere else, we need to get uh, transportation and transit fixed. I can can just see this unbridled uh, uh, development around these GO stations. Hey, uh, singles, maybe couples, Hey, they've all got cars. They all drive on the weekend. They all, all need mm-hmm. somewhere to park. Mm-hmm. This isn't a solution. I mean, there should be a limit on the uh, the verticality of, of, of buildings and structures around any of these go stations. I mean, with Fairview that isn't even connected, you don't even have a grid. I'm picking Appleby. I happen mm-hmm. to live there. You don't even have a grid, for goodness sakes, yep. around that station. We're you still know. doing the work, so I hope you participate in. And, oh, I, yeah. I will. Paul, Paul <laughs> knows me well. Uh, yeah. awesome. I mean, I use the bike. I use the bike paths. Um, you know, six months of the year. Like, but seriously, you know, they're mixed use. The number of people. Uh, hey, I'm all for biking, but seriously, we can't. And I tried to get on the bike committee. I, di- I didn't quite make it. But for goodness' sakes, we don't have tens and tens of millions of dollars. For one, less, probably less than one percent of the population. Ted, know? I'm going to let you go. I, I got a <laughs> yeah, couple yeah. of other things I'm going to some other folks. But anyway, listen, great, great call. Time. Thank you Thank so much. You. Uh, which is going to segue very nicely into what I wanted to ask you about next, and that's uh, having cities uh, having some power over their own decision making and yes. how the city is going to be planned. Uh, there's some concern about what the province announced. That about that, you and I talked about it, of course, uh, last week on the show. But maybe we can fill that discussion out just a little bit. I mean, this is a big announcement that could have a huge impact on Burlington and every other city. Well, this does the opposite of what the province is trying to do, which is create affordable housing and streamline business approvals and cut red tape. As long as we have a tribunal in this province that can overrule a local elected council, and it takes months and months, six months to a year to get a hearing. They are very expensive, and then you still have, uh, you know, you can wait six months to get a decision. That has been our actual experience in Burlington, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you've, so the province, by, by reverting back to the old OMB rules, has slowed down development and made it more expensive in the name of of speeding up development and making housing more affordable. They've done the exact opposite. So, you know, my my view is that as long as there's a tribunal, we are going to have a problem with affordability and we're going to have a problem with um, uh, with speedy approvals of development. But they're in, the, the concern here is, and I know a lot of people had some concerns about the old OMB, and, and, and when the previous government said, okay, we're going to revamp this, I mean, there was like finally this big sigh of relief about time uh, and it wasn't perfect what they came up with. It, mm-hmm. it still had its warts. And, but essentially what this government seems to be doing is saying, yeah, we're going back to those days then. 
Uh, and you got to wonder who they're asking, you know, advice from in situations like this, because this is certainly not what municipalities were asking for. No, and and municipalities through the large urban mayors caucus, which includes, as as I mentioned earlier, every uh, two tier mayor in the prov- in the GTA that is above a hundred thousand population, unanimously said this is not appropriate. The the mayors and regional chairs caucus of Ontario, which includes all the single tier municipalities, unanimous approval. This that's across party lines there. You know, when you have John Tory, who's a conservative, you know, or arguing with the premier, who's also a conservative, you know that the issue, it, it, this is an issue that cross party party lines and it's not partisan. It is about how we build good communities. And my view is that the province needs to get out of the business of municipalities. Uh, they have a different relationship everywhere else in the, in the country. There's no tribunal like this any other province in Canada, and yet communities get built. <laughs> so, but, you know, we don't need this red well, tape Well, that was here. the question. Why do we even need something we like don't. this? We don't. We don't. You know, and this this dates back, if you look way back, uh, this was set up, the OMB was set up 100 years ago when uh, under the Railway Act, when they were trying to build railways and, and figure out development, and it was all, you know, there was a need for uh, some sort of oversight, and, and there was a lot of wheeling and dealing with councils and their and their friends, and so there, there was a feeling that there needed to be some oversight because there was a lot of money and and community community at stake. But we're not in that position anymore. There are checks and balances uh, in built into the system. We have professional planners at every municipality that and and traffic engineers and transportation. So I you know why is the you know you talk about duplication of services? I mean here's the here's the irony at a time when the province is saying you know we want to either you know regionalize every everything or get rid of regions to to eliminate duplication well get yourself out of the planning business cuz we can do this well and who knows how to plan burlington better than burlington or hamilton uh, and nobody, hamilton nobody nobody <laughs> we we can do it and and then what that does is make your elected officials directly accountable to the residents if they don't like the decisions that we're making they can toss us out and that's democracy and you know we we talked about this last week i found it horrifying to see some of the com- comments from the development industry that you know the the quote unquote politics should be taken out of out of planning what they're actually saying is that democracy should be taken out of planning. And if we're going to take it out of planning, why don't we take it out of transit? Are we taking it out of community centers? Are we taking it out of everything? And let, let's just get a r- rid of democracy. So, no, we need uh, we need democracy as part of the planning process. It's the most important thing that municipalities do is work with our communities to plan great cities. A couple of minutes left. I wanted to ask you also about the declaration that the, the council passed a little while ago about climate change. Yeah, so it's the uh, the next step, I would say, in a long journey. We've been at it for, you know, the better decades, as long as I've been around uh, Burlington and on council. We've been taking steps to reduce our greenhouse gases, reduce our footprint, reduce waste, uh, have clean air and clean water. Uh, but with the uh, report that came out of the International Panel on Climate Change, that if if the globe doesn't uh, seriously start to reverse course and, and prevent uh, global warming past a percentage um, in 12 years it's going to be too late to reverse and that's catastrophic in terms of um, you know 
hot air days and smog and melting ice caps and severe weather and that sort of thing, which we're already starting to experience right here in Burlington, right here in Hamilton. And so when we passed the uh, declaration, uh, kudos to my colleague, uh, Councillor Rory Nissan, who brought it forward, um, we we realized we needed to put a finer point and a, and a bigger focus on this in light of that urgency. But you're out of sync once again with the province, or maybe more importantly, the province is out of sync with just about <laughs> yes. every community and municipality who yes. has passed this. Hamilton did a similar motion uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, and I found it rather incongruous that uh, that the Premier was up in Ottawa looking at the flood damage. Well, the day after, he mm-hmm. just cancelled all the funding, uh, licensed mm-hmm. a lion's share of the funding for flood yep. control. Uh, you know, form follows content here. I mean, <laughs> does he not understand? Does the government not understand that this is important? Well, I think I think what we're seeing is that the 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 stated the words don't match what is actually being done. So, you know. For a government that says it wants to be open for business to reintroduce the old OMB rules slows down business. For a government that says they want to um, have a climate plan uh, and then to cut funding for things that help with climate mitigation. So, so you, have a, you have a complete uh, breakdown between actions and words. So we will continue as mayors to make the case that there is that breakdown. And if they are, if we will take you at your word and, and by doing that, this is what you have to do and stop undermining the very things you say that you're trying to address. Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in today. Great to be here. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.